advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome to this episode of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we know throughout the kingdom. He is known as the shop. He's known as the barber shop. He's known as Barber Man. He's known as Spider-Man. He's had a movie made after him, Barbershop, back in the day. Sean Barber, 10-year National Football League veteran. Good to see you, my friend, with your Bose 700 headphones on. Always, man. Good to be on here with you, Mitch. I, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I thought I couldn't find mine for a while, and I started to get anxiety. I started to stress out. But Bose, they hooked me up with him, made sure I got him, and now it's like peace and tranquility. Every time I get on this podcast with you, it's like I isolate, I eliminate all the distractions, seven levels of noise cancellation, and Ooh. I just go up to level 11, and everything is peace and quiet. About 11 levels of noise cancellation. I couldn't find mine. You know, my wife had them, said, uh-uh. Went to counseling. She gave him back. We're good. We're in great shape now. All right. Just kidding about all that. But with the holidays coming, everybody's wanting to know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? These Bose 700 headphones are phenomenal. Well, we're going to get into this edition, uh, this episode of Defending the Kingdom. It's going to be entitled Three Divisions. Now, the Chiefs are getting ready to play the Jets. You're going, come on, man. They, they're the only team in the league that hadn't won a game. You look at them, they are rock bottom in most of the offensive statistics. Defensively, they've got some marks there. Greg Williams, Excelsior Springs, Missouri native, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, kind of an honorary dude. He likes to bring some pressure. But that being said, we're going to talk about the Jet game is essential, like all of these games are. But we're going to go through the three divisions the Chiefs are now playing in, in our opinion. Three separate divisions. First of all is the obvious. Let's just jump in here. We're at the midway mark shop of the regular season and the AFC West. There's some interesting dynamics with all three of these teams in our division. Let's start with the Raiders, what you've seen, what you haven't seen, and then why all these three teams have something in common. But the Chiefs have to check the first box. Go back to defending the kingdom three weeks ago. Win the division. Check the box. New England's done it, what, 17 to 20 years. Uh, the Chiefs trying to do it for a fifth straight year. Raiders. What do you see? What don't you see? Well, the Raiders are going to be a opponent that's going to be in the way almost the entire season. Um, you know, the, the, the thing I do like about the Raiders is their balance, right? Uh, Josh Jacobs, and then they have Carr being able to go to Ruggs, go out to Waller. Um, so they keep it, you know, they have um, 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 a, a, a lot of ability to keep a balance on offense. So they don't get too run heavy. They don't get too pass heavy. And then defensively, they're young and exciting enough um, to keep uh, Gunther in his, in his defense coming from all directions. They have some big play type players in the back with the safety Abrams and uh, the, the corner on net. And so they have, they have just enough pieces to make themselves dangerous. But also a lot of times um, they, they, they go into games a little bit overconfident. They, they go into games thinking uh, Dave, David Carr starts to think he's David Carr of, of, I mean, Derek Carr starts to think he's David Carr of 2016. You know, when he was going down the stretch, almost about to be, um, in, in the category, in the discussion for NFL MVP until that injury. And since that injury, he just hasn't been the same. And what it always comes down to the Raiders is turnovers, turnovers and penalties. The games they've been able to win and stay in it, they, they limit the turnovers, they limit the penalties. And the games they haven't had a chance in the fourth quarter has always been self-inflicted wounds. And so the Raiders are their own worst enemy, but that's always have been the Raiders thing. So they're just kind of slowly falling back into the Raiders of old. 
My thought is Abram's an exceptional player. He was all over the field against the Chiefs. He was a big piece of that game. So was Cleland Furrow. We can talk about their new linebackers that can run. But to me, Abram did not play last week. Big difference in that game, and they lose to Tampa Bay. That's our third division. It's the COVID division. We'll get to that because that's where the Raiders are in there and not doing so hot against it. Here's what's interesting, though, about the Chiefs' schedule. All right, the Raiders have no more buys. Okay, COVID-induced, no more buys. They have, they're five of the last eight games. They play the Browns this week. That leaves them eight games, no buys, five of the eight against the division. The Chiefs only have three more games against the division, all three teams. That's it. They're the only team in the division that's played three division games. The other thing that's interesting, Shop, about the Kansas City Chiefs schedule this year, and it relates to this discussion or defending the kingdom three divisions are playing in, the first time since 2002, you were still a Philadelphia Eagle in 2002. It is the first time in 18 years, 19 seasons, that the Chiefs have not played an NFC team in a cross-pollination in the first half of the year. No NFC teams yet. Everybody in this division's dabbled around against the NFC South. That's our cross-pollination, AFC West, NFC South. All four of those games for the Chiefs are in the last eight games of the year. All of these other teams have played it that way. Now, we know the NFC South's a little stout. We know the Buccaneers are coming on big time. The Panthers have been a, you know, they've been a surprise. Uh, when you look at then, you know, the Falcons can be dangerous. And the Saints, we know what they got. But it's interesting that the Chiefs have had no NFC games while everybody else in this division has. Well, we talk about the way schedules fall out and, and how do you – how do you wish your schedule to affect your season? I've always been in the mind frame of I want the toughest competition late in the season. I want to I want to take the first half of the season and make sure we doing what we can do right. Know our alignment, our assignment, our abilities. Let's check all those boxes. Make sure everybody is um, ready to go and understand what they're supposed to doing. And then after week eight, I want to start playing the toughest teams. I want to be I, you know I want to kind of be battle ready come playoff ball. And so if we can hold off on that loaded. Uh, NFC South to play, like you said, the Panthers and the Falcons and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints. Those last two games, those Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints, when we have an opportunity to play those, those are the teams we are going to face in the playoffs, that caliber team, the best of the best. And you want to play that team while you're playing your best because it gives you a more true sense of where your team lies going into the playoffs. If you play a, 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 a knockout team, one of these top three, four ranked teams early in the season before you get yourself together, um, it's nothing to be taken from that long term. It's a, it's just a loss. Or it's just a win. You caught them sleeping. They caught you sleeping. But everybody knows once you get to about week 10, everybody is who they who you think they are. They're playing their best ball. And that's when that playoff mentality, that swagger starts to build. And you need to start running games together, get that momentum going, because everybody knows in the playoffs, it's a run to the championship. You can't cut it on, cut it off. Those teams that are playing the consistent type of playoff ball are the ones that ends up in Tampa Bay once it's all over and said with. Again, we're nearing the halfway mark of the regular season. This Defending the Kingdom podcast, dealing with the Chiefs' three divisions they now play in. The first one's the obvious, the AFC West. Second team here, the Chargers. Again, no more buys. They're, they're just on, man. They're grinding away. Four of their last eight are against division opponents. Uh, they play at Denver this week, so you got an AFC West against AFC West. What do you see from the Chargers? What don't you see? Well, I think everybody sees the same thing from the Chargers. They have a young, talented quarterback. And even though it hasn't shown up in the win-loss column, not in, not a lot of wins. Um, he, he's 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 taking his L's, he's taking his losses, 
But you see this young man learning. He learns every game. He learns a different way to get it done. He's a tough uh, throwback type quarterback. He runs heavy with his body. He, he doesn't mind taking a little bit of a bruising. Um, and then when the, when the play breaks down, he's able to make plays with his legs. Scoring touchdowns that I saw last weekend, um, took a couple hits and still got in for a touchdown a few times, and has been um, using some new weapons. It's not just the normal um, um, Williams show, or it's not just the normal, um, you know, number 13, the wide receiver, the all-pro wide receiver um, that they go to all the time. Guyton has shown up. Joe Reed has shown up. These young receivers that we haven't heard of before have started to make plays for him. And now, you know, Justin Herbert, he, he's starting to realize this is an offense I can start to manipulate, go down the field with. And all I got to do is start to protect the ball a little bit better. And he might be something to be reckoned with in years to come. Yeah, and we still know they're capable on defense, but Herbert's given them hope. This has been a franchise to me without hope. They played in a soccer stadium for years. Now they get this new stadium they're sharing with the Rams, but Herbert gives them hope. Can throw the deep ball. Uh, so here they are, though. No more buys. Uh, they're down two and four, So they, but they got four of the last eight against the division. The next team in the division, the Broncos. No more buys. They also have a COVID-affected bye week. Uh, they got four of the last eight against the division. So, again, this episode is the three divisions the Chiefs are playing in. We're in the obvious one right here. What are you seeing and not seeing from the Broncos? Well, the Broncos is they're probably one of the most disappointing teams of the AFC West. Drew Locke is definitely one of the young, um, upcoming, talented uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. He has a lightning-quick arm. He, he makes great decisions, but sometimes – um, being overconfident in your arm allows him to make some big mistakes. And he puts the ball on the ground too much. He's throwing into double coverage, throwing up 50-50 balls. And so sometimes, because he is so talented and has so much faith in his arm, he he, he turns the ball over at the worst time in, uh, in the ball games. We saw it two weeks ago, two turnovers, two interceptions, uh, when it was up by two scores against the Patriots. And then in our game, when we needed to – right to ship, right after an interception, right after a touchdown being uh, kickoff being returned, that's when you expect your offense to come out, get some first downs, uh, settle, settle the team down, and, and he just wasn't able to do that. He's a turnover monster. So he has to at some point realize that team is going to be built on a ground-and-pound game, and all he needs to do is make first down throws. He doesn't have to try to throw the home run hit every time he's up to bat. Sometimes you need to lay down a couple bunts, hit a couple singles, get the momentum going the right way, and then make sure that your team is within striking distance come the fourth quarter. Unfortunately for that young man, he hasn't found the capability or the understanding of how to do that in a consistent rate in his um, NFL career. Yeah, his default is to always to chuck a deep, seems like. Every quarterback has a default. I don't care if you're talking about Richmond. I don't care if you're talking about any high school. They have a default. Where do they go when they're surrounded by lions and about ready to throw into the pit? His is to go deep. To me, the Broncos just have shown they're capable and a good defense. If you're third in red zone defense, they win a game at New England because New England didn't cross the goal line. That's why they won that game. And you could won it on six field goals. If you're that good in the red zone, you got a shot. But your margin is so slight with that team, and you nailed it. You just one turnover just flips that game away from the Broncos. All right, that's where it's obvious. And we know that it's unique. First time in – uh, 18 years, 19 seasons, the Chiefs have not played an NFC crossover game in the first half of the year. Four of those, three division opponents, and the Dolphins in the second half. Here comes the 
less obvious one, but still less uh, kind of obvious, and that's the battle for the buy division. That's what I'm calling it, the B.O.B. division, battle for the buy. One AFC buy, we know now, you just mentioned a couple paragraphs ago, we have definition. Seven weeks into the season, headed for an eighth. We know this, the Steelers are back. Steelers are for real. Big Ben's chucking it. Good defense, nasty defense. They got playmakers, young playmakers, 6-0. and No more buys for the Steelers. They've used up their buy, COVID-induced. They have the most favorable schedule left. They play the Ravens twice, tough. At Browns, who knows, they're 5-2. and two. At Buffalo, they have the Colts at home. They cross-pollinate against the NFC East, your old division, that my prediction will be the Eagles will win that at 6-9-1. and one. Steelers, of the four teams, in my opinion, in the battle for the Bayou division, these guys look like they're back. Yeah, the Steelers are um, a team that we're working with. And like you mentioned, it's probably more of a, it's a four-team race going for that bye. It's the Steelers, the Titans, it's the Ravens, and the Chiefs. One of those four teams, when it's all said and done, are going to be at home resting up while the other uh, um, the other teams of the AFC ballot out for Wild Card Weekend. And so, as things are going now, you just gotta you know you gotta you gotta allow some things to play itself out. Like you said, the Pittsburgh Steelers got two games against the Ravens. So you know if they can if they can pull off those two games, they're going to be sitting um, in in the, in the bird seat looking at everybody else. But I always think there's a there's, there's a few hiccups in every team's schedule. And what we know with the Pittsburgh Steelers, if there's one thing that they can do, they can start feeling a little extra swagoo. They can start feeling a little bit feeling themselves, thinking they're better than they are. And they can be bit by the Cleveland Browns. They can be bit by, um, uh, like you said, the uh, Buffalo Bills. And don't forget that NFC East. As sorry, and I say sorry, as they are as a, as a division – there's always the, the hope that a Giants team or an Eagles team catches fire, kind of like the Dolphins did last year against the New England Patriots, a team that shouldn't be on the page with you, catches fire for that one week. And I think one of those losing teams is going to bite the Pittsburgh Steelers in the butt. Okay, I'll let you go with that one, man. <laughs> Here's the You mentioned the four teams in this battle for the bye division, the second team of division the Chiefs are in. And the second one would be the Ravens. All right, no more buys. They're done with buys. The Chiefs the only team of all this group, either in their real division or this battle for the buy division, that has a buy left. Mm-hmm. And so the Ravens have no more buys. Steelers twice, so that flip-flops. They're at the Colts. They're at New England, Tennessee, and at Cleveland. So the Ravens got a little tougher schedule. They cross-pollinate against your NFC East that you're predicting. Somebody's got a little bark and bite left in there. I'll believe it when I see it. Love you, but I'll believe it when I see it. The Ravens, though, last year they were the Cats pajamas at 14 and two, had the one seed. They get knocked off, uh, but here they are again with only the one loss to the Chiefs. Yeah, we they, they, the, last year was the big trust. It was the coming out party. Mark Ingram, this explosive quarterback option, quarterback keeper, all these different things. And now you've seen that kind of come back to the mean, right? The defensive coordinators have had a year to look at the Baltimore Ravens offense, how they attack people. Um, understanding how Lamar wants to attack with the passing game. And I don't know. I, I haven't heard about the Ravens in that 40-point, 50-point explosive offense anymore. They're beating teams with defense. They're using their defense to beat teams, and Lamar isn't making those type of mistakes he made last year. He's keeping the possession uh, that Justin Tucker's having another great year as a kicker. But I think the Baltimore Ravens is a team that the Philadelphia Eagles only lost to them by twice. 
And, if, and as we say, the, the NFC East has a few teams I think can play on that level that if you're not ready to, uh, uh, you know, uh, close the door on them, if you're not ready to put that last nail in the coffin, maybe late in the game one of those Giants teams um, and even the Washington football team could come up and bite the Ravens. You notice there's going to be the battle of the state line there between the Washington Redskins and the Baltimore Ravens. That battle of B-more, you know, they, 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 the teams love the battle when they're close in proximity. So there might be something to fight for right there for the Washington Redskins where they become a team looking at the Ravens. Hey, this is going to be our Super Bowl matchup this year. Let's give them everything we got. And the Ravens might overlook that Washington team. So there's going to be a couple opportunities for the Ravens to hiccup. And obviously, we got the uh, uh, the one game up on them because we beat them head to head. So I don't. I, I think when it comes down to it, it still might be that us and Steelers are going to be the team battling for that bye week. Yep, Chiefs have the only game in this battle for the bye division against the Ravens. Don't play the Steelers or Titans. They all play each other. So the Chiefs have that going for them. And if you're a Cole Brenner, uh, Browns fan, just contact Anna Topkin. Uh, you can keep, yell at her. If they're not, how come we're not in the battle for the bye division? Well, okay, just talk to Anna. All right, now, last team, the Titans. No more buys. You know, they were, man, they've been right in the middle of COVID. We're going to get to that in a second. But 23 uh, positive cases there for Wild Colts twice. They're at the Ravens at Green Bay. The Titans cross-pollinate against the NFC North. They're at 5-1, and one, dangerous. We know what they are, tough, rabble feisty, uh, but they're in the battle for this by division. Yeah, I think they have the toughest schedule left. Um, like you said, having to play the NFC North, going against the Packers and the Bears and Detroit Lions, um, that's that's the, that, and the Minnesota Vikings, who are now going to get Dalvin Cook back healthy. I think that's going to be the, you know, they, 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 they might split with the NFC North. They might win two, lose two, and then they still have to go through a, a pretty tough um, um, AFC um, uh, AFC uh, schedule to close out the year. They, um, they, they was one of the last couple teams to be undefeated during the year, but I think that that might uh, kind of been a little bit in smoke and mirrors. Vrabel has turned out to be one of the smarter, smartest, craftiest coaches there are. He's, he's, he's finding a way to bend a couple rules, find a couple ways to save clock by using a delay a game or using the extra person on the field. So he's finding those nuances, and he's finding ways to make those nuances count in the win-loss column. That game, he, he, he would probably have lost that game if he didn't find a way to get that 12th guy on the field to stop that clock, save his team 40 seconds, which he ended up tying the game um, with only seven seconds left. So those 40 seconds end up being crucial to them tying that ball game against the um, Houston Texans, which they end up winning in overtime. So um, a crafty coach, but sometimes I think, um, you know, the, 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 the little trick plays and craftiness, it, it come, becomes a, a, a crutch for you. Players start to think that you can pull something out of a hat when really they should be focused on ground and pound, finding a way to get Henry going, get the ball to A.J. Brown and um, um, Davis as much as possible, and relying on that defense, relying on that defense to hold people out the end zone. So sometimes I think they get a little bit too tricky, a little bit too crafty um, for their own good, and that doesn't really stand with what their mantra should be, which is just to be a physical, uh, tough, um, just like their head coach is, Rabel and beat you in the trenches. But this intelligence and craftiness, Braves is an old linebacker. The intelligence of linebackers <laughs> is way underrated in this league. People have found that on this podcast going, man, Barbershop kind of has an idea. I go, sometimes, you know, <laughs> he's like seven and five. All right, now the first two divisions, the obvious one, the AFC West, try to win it for a fifth straight time. 
That's obvious. You're like, I got it. Ooh, the battle for the buy division. That's pretty obvious. The third one is not so obvious. And honestly, it could determine who wins the other two or the other six divisions, seven divisions in the National Football League. And I call it the COVID prevention division. Just today, one of the prominent high schools in the Chiefs Kingdom, Kansas City Rockers High School, great tradition down through the years, a COVID positive test on their team. The team will be quarantined for two weeks during the playoffs. They're done. They were to play Joplin. Uh, you always know they're a chance to win the Missouri championship in that class every year. Not this year. They're done. Why? COVID. They didn't get upset by Joplin. COVID. They're done. Wisconsin and Nebraska were to play this weekend in Lincoln. No game. Not postponed. Canceled. The Big Ten started later. There is no chance to make up this game. That could keep a Wisconsin out of the college football playoffs. Here we are in the COVID prevention division. New England's gone through it. Cam Newton has not been the same since he tested positive. Missed the Chiefs game. He was ineffective against the Broncos. Real ineffective. Ineffective last week in their loss. All of a sudden now, New England's ship is sinking or taking on a bunch of water. Why? COVID. Titans has seemed to recover from their deals. However, their schedule's backloaded, and these buys are gone for these teams. The Chiefs are the only one who has a buy left. So to me, Barbershop, the real challenges for Super Bowl 55 among these leading teams, we can talk about the NFC team, NFC team, NFC teams as well, are the teams that win the COVID prevention division. Because we're seeing teams go down and have their season wrecked and not even playing. Man, we talk about the process being greater than the product as far as skill level, as far as play development and all that. But now the process becomes greater than the product when you talk about what is your process for handling COVID? What is the protocol on your team and your model? And are you constantly reminding the players how important it is to stay away, stay social distance, wear a mask when you're out in public? And even though you are a star celebrity, this is not the time to be out being a celebrity. Your team availability and, and the exposure to um, the, the, the limited amount of people um, in, in your, in your you know, I want to use the word bubble, but in your team's uh, um, environment and in your team's, um, just, just a team base, is really all the people you need to be associating yourself with at this point in the season. Um, and the team that handles that the best, the limited amount of um, exposure, the limited amount of uh, positive tests, and even we've seen with the false positives. Some of these times, sometimes you get tested false positive and you have to go through three days of negative just to get back in the building. Um, and so with the Zoom call practices, canceling, I saw one time that the New England Patriots, I think, went two weeks with only two practices due to having to shift around things and go through Zoom and stuff like that. Unfor the NFL, the way football is played at this level, if you're not able to strap it on, play with great level, um, stay accustomed and, and, and stay acclimated to what it's like to be, you know, hitting on the rise and striking on the rise and doing everything to keep your body focused and in that same training mode of football, you lose a step, you lose timing. Those things are so crucial when you're talking about the way the season goes. And like you said, there's so many good teams that don't have a buy left. So they don't have an opportunity to, to move a schedule around and do anything. They, they've used their their, their, their one gimme, their, their one do-over, their wild card, the, the Titans, the Denver Broncos, the new, they used it up earlier already. 
And so now they're done for the rest of the season. Any kind of scare could cause them to do exactly what Rod Chris had to do and cancel and forfeit ball games as mm-hmm. they go on in the season. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. This is a whole new season. Everybody's learning on the run. But you got to take your hat and tip your hat to uh, Rick Burkholter and Coach Andy Reid with the amount of uh, precision and preparation that they allow for this team to have to be overly protective, overly concerned about cross-contact, cross all these different ways for um, tracing and contacting players, know who's around who at all times, but just expecting the men to be men. Accept the responsibility that you have being an NFL football player in a time where COVID is it can it can it can ruin the season. It can ruin your chances, and it's something that you have control over as individual players. I asked Andy Reid the question on the Chiefs Kingdom Radio Show on the Chiefs Radio Network on Monday night, and he gave a phenomenal answer. I'm going to try to get that out on social because he talks about and just to crun- truncate it here, he's you know asking guys not to be selfish. There's a lot of players that are making sacrifices and coaches on the Chiefs team that fans don't even know about. They're living in hotels away from their families, a lot of them. You know, you and I talked about this at the beginning of the year, but they're not – they're just limiting their exposure. We're, we're finding out just some exposure for, for a while is enough, you know, to wreck the whole thing. And so uh, Andy had some good, good comments there. The other thing I'd say is coming into the holidays for all of us now, gosh, there's going to be – you know, we want to get together with family. It's what we do. It's tradition. And I just don't know. The players are going to be, you know, they have a bye week coming up. They have the one bye of all these teams left that we've talked about in the battle for the bye division, the AFC West. The Chiefs are the only one that have a bye. They have a gimme week. But they're, I'm not sure they're going to be able to travel during that bye. So freedoms here are being uh, restricted, but guys are willing to restrict those freedoms and not be selfish to keep a season to win and have a shot to run it back. That's That's really an underlying story here to the Kansas City Chiefs so far. Man, and you know I believe in defending the kingdom, and, and the one thing I have, I wear my faith on my shoulder. So I, I give, I can't wait for Thanksgiving to let the Lord know how thankful I am for everything I've been given in life. I can't wait for the holidays, for Christmas to come, so I can celebrate the birth um, of um, and the resurrection and how love, how much we love uh, our Lord and Savior with our families, right? Getting the families together to be back together. But we are going to ask our athletes. We're going to ask the entire NFL to forego those holidays, to, to, to focus, like you say, to sacrifice the normal Thanksgiving, the normal Halloween, the normal Christmas time. Avoid those times of gathering with other people that are outside your normal, um, you know, the people you normally get together on a game week and maybe have to push your holiday back to March. So you might yep. find these families uh, uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Halloween in March, April, and May just to give them ch- their, their team a chance, just to give their team a chance of staying as healthy and COVID-free as possible during these holiday breaks. We'll close it this way. First of all, to remind you, we got these Bose 700 headphones on. Great for the holidays and your gift giving. Go to Bose.com and check these out. But, but here's the moral of the story. Chiefs are in three separate divisions. We know they got to try to win the AFC West. They got to try to win the battle for the bye division. They have to win every day the COVID prevention division. But the moral of the story is every week matters. The Jets at 0 and 7, this game might as well be a precursor to Super Bowl 55 to me. You have to win every one of these games and take care of your business week after week after week. Um, we've seen teams get upset. Uh, coaches talked about it all week long. Just handle your business and take care of the Jets. 
we have some great leaders on both sides of the balls, and actually in all three phases. We have great leaders, but we have great coordinators. And you got to believe Dave Tobe, Eric Bieniemy, and Coach Andy Reid and Coach Spags, if the one thing they're going to do is continuously reminding this team that a NFL team is dangerous. It doesn't matter what your record is. All of them have athletes that can get aligned, assigned, and execute. And you cannot be, you can't rest in your loyals on a blitz pickup, on covering the punt, on a, um, a man assignment, blocking assignment. Any any play can cost one of your guys uh, the rest of their season due to injury. And the one thing you want, you don't ever want to take another opponent lightly. Because the second you take an opponent lightly is when you miss a block, you miss an assignment, you're not focused on what you're doing. And when you miss an assignment, miss focus, somebody else can get hurt. And those are the type of mistakes when you talk about the, uh, the, the, the cost of a win. Yeah, I, I think this team, we, we, everybody's going to say that Kansas City Chiefs is going to be highly favored. They're going to be anticipated to be the, uh, the favorite going into this week. But what you want to do is you don't want to lose anybody. You don't want to lose anyone just to get that one win. You want to play sound, intelligent, smart football. And if you can take advantage of this team in all three phases, you want to execute in all three phases and prepare yourself for the next opponent, the next week, the next assignment, as you would do with any team. This only counts as one win. No matter how hard we play, no matter how much we beat them by, it only counts as one win. And as we realize this as a team, as a unit, they're going to continue to just build upon that, get better and better. And I think that's going to add a lot to the, um, the, to, to, to the mindset and the mentality of this team preparing themselves for the second half of the season. Amen, brother. He's Sean Barber, Barbershop, the shop, and uh, the Spider-Man. To win it all this year, to run it back, the Chiefs are going to have to win three divisions. Mitch Holter's Voice of the Chiefs, thanks for joining us on this episode of Defending the Kingdom.